Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. This is part two in a series of interviews about the growth mindset. And Mary Kaufman is back. So Mary is, I'm going to try to get it right, Principal Architect of Learning. Yes. Thanks, cool. Dave. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so we did a podcast uh, a little while back about the growth mindset, the book by Carol Dweck. Um, and we talked about one of the steps and we're going to move on to another one now. Um, but before we do all that, Mary, would you tell these fine people a little bit about your background and then we'll get into the actual topic? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Dave, again, for welcoming me. I really love talking about and in my own personal growth, and I love inspiring other people to grow. My name is Mary Kaufman. I come alongside Leading Agile to Serve in the learning area and help curate an ecosystem that will profoundly create the growth mindset, not only for us, but for our clients. And brief background, I grew up a little bit in tech. I spent some time in software development and then working on technology projects, guiding and leading teams. And through that process, really was blown away and intrigued that the bigger problems that I saw happening everywhere was more with the dynamics of people, not the technology. And so having that connection was just amazing. Um, through that journey, helped solve some problems and do work in the areas of telecom and manufacturing and also then worked at a university as a professor in a master's program. And that's when I met up with a small tech firm that really was on a growth path to dynamically change the way you know, products were delivered into market. And then from there, I met Leading Agile. So it's a little bit about my background. All right. Thank you. Um, and our topic is, as I said, um, the book, we're kind of working out of the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. I think I'm pronouncing your name right. Correct. Uh, we're going to talk about growth mindset, fixed mindset, and and with specific steps along the way. So how would you how would you kind of preface this, or what do you call the diagram? I can never remember what we're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. So I preface this whole thing. So whenever I read a book, I like to put post-its on the outside cover with the biggest insights for me. And the post-it that I have on the outside of Carol Dweck's book is that the growth mindset is the power of believing you can improve. That simple for me. And the diagram that we're referring to is near the end of the book. And it's a summary of the different tendencies that people have depending upon whether they have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. So the first tendency that we talked about was how do fixed mindset people tend to, when they embrace a challenge, how do they either embrace it or you know, avoid it? And so the growth mindset embraces it. The fixed mindset avoids it. So there, there's five of these. The first one is challenges. So the tendency towards challenge. The second one is the tendency toward obstacles. And that's the one we're talking about today. All right. And then in the future, we're going to do effort, criticism, and success of others. Correct. That's right. Okay. So... Um, when we talk about obstacles, this could be anything from I'm on a team and the server keeps going down to I never get promoted to yeah. um, I think if you ask my wife, she would say he never cleans up all the water. He splashes all over the sink. It's a pain <laughs> in the butt. We all have things in our way. And and what does your brain do with that? How do you? That's right. It? That's right. In the book, the, the brief summary in the book says fixed mindset people in the face of obstacles, will get defensive or give up easily, but the growth mindset will persist in the face of setbacks. Those are the core conversation that we want to have today is around those two ideas. 
Okay. And I have, I have a lot of questions and things I want to check in with you on, but um, maybe we could start with a simple example. Like for you, what is, what is an obstacle that you've kind of worked through maybe from one side to the other? Cause you can change, right? You don't have you to can. stay. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the question and, and, you know, so many things come to my mind, but I would have to start for me when I was in middle school, math was a challenge for me. At least I thought it was. And so it was a major obstacle. And I think a lot of it could be that I had a very, I was the youngest of three and my sisters were so brilliant and I had to work so much harder and math was a challenge and it was very powerful. My middle school algebra teacher, his incredible mindset to, he would reward me for trying versus for passing or succeeding. And the reward for trying, it was a great thing. And suddenly I had a breakthrough because as I tried more and learned more, I had a massive shift in my skills with math. I ended up majoring, double majoring really in college. I majored in computer science and business. And hugely because I had a massive mind shift as it comes to learning and understanding math. I think you just dredged up a whole bunch of emotional baggage that I'm going to be <laughs> suffering from for the next few weeks. <laughs> I, like you, was not good at math. I could not get multiplication down when I was a small child. And I remember being forced to sit at night and just say them over and over and over again. Yeah. Because... It was just an accepted thing that my brain was not going to be able to figure out how to do the multiplication. Yeah. I had to memorize it. And that is something that I carried with me yes. into languages. Oh, we I talked about this remember. last time. Yes. Yeah. And I just, because I, when you said it, I thought you said you got rewarded. And I was remembering that in high school, I was not punished. It wasn't rewarded. It was like, I didn't get grounded. <sighs> So there was like a negative thing. And I still, to this day, am locked in a very fixed mindset of, I can't do languages. Yeah. And so when you, when anyone has that thought, I, what I love about the power of Carol Dweck's messages, she's challenging us to shift our mindset in that moment. And to do that, I mean, she has obviously millions of ideas and strategies, right. but one of them is to ask yourself, is this because I'm seeking validation for myself or do I care more about developing myself? So even if we just pause and think about that right that's there. That's a very powerful thing for people totally, to sit with, I yeah. think. It's a continuum. It's like, okay, ask yourself, where do I want to be on this continuum? Do I want to be on the validating side? Is that where I get my energy? Or am I want to be on the developing side? And all day long, I want to be on the developing side. Yeah. It's interesting when I was thinking about this, I'm thinking, just trying to like make it as simple as possible, right? So I have a challenge. I have something that I'm not good at. And I was thinking about the fact that in my life, there are things that I've just, I'm totally fixed on. Like I'm not, I'm never going to be able to play basketball. I'm, there's just things I'm never going to be able to do. And it's because I've decided I'm not going to be able to do them. Yeah. But I was thinking like, if you had a small child and they were struggling with something like math or something else. Yeah. I think what all of us would want to see is that the kid looks at that thing as I'm going to rise to that and I'm going to defeat it. Like it will be mine. Yes. I will not be daunted by this thing. It's going to be hard and I'm going to do it anyway. Yep. Um, but as adults, we kind of don't do a lot of coaching of ourselves in that area sometimes, or we forget exactly. to. And I think we also 
and not to get like, I don't know, dramatic, but we kind of stopped dreaming because we're so tired of having a dream that won't come true. So we don't want to hurt. So we just say, well, I'm just going to stop dreaming because if I stop dreaming, then I won't hurt anymore. I mean, let's just face it, that kind kind of stuff happens. And so we put ourselves in a box and say, we can't do it. But you know, Dave, yourself, because I've watched you in action. And I know the thousands of people who have learned from you, who now know And are able to transform the way they're working, you know, in the working world, but it also blends in their life. I know for a fact that you have overcome and and changed your mindset on things. And so knowing that, because I've watched you, um, that to me is a phenomenal example that so many other people can follow. And let's face it, people need that. You have to see something before you can do it, right? It can't, it doesn't just going to happen. You have to see it first and then begin behaving your behavior so you can start doing it. Yeah. I think I feel like I'm going to be jumping ahead to, to the, my version of the punchline for this whole podcast by sharing this thing. But in thinking about this conversation and getting ready for it, I was thinking about the fact that with teaching, it's not something that came native to me. It's something that took a long time as to project management. But I do remember there was a day when after feeling like I suck at everything when I was like 25 that I was, I was working as a project manager at Nickelodeon. And I was like, Hey, I'm not, I'm actually okay at this. Like, this is, I'm pretty good at this. I could do this. And that crack in the door made it possible for me to believe that it was something I could get good at. And that's what led to me feeling like I could figure out agile and the teaching. And now when things go wrong in class, it's not like a duh. It's a, okay, let's go. Let's see what happens. Like it's it's exciting and invigorating. And the coolest thing about it all is that I've been able to take that and reapply it to other things from my past where I didn't have a growth mindset. So like filling in some of the gaps and learning about music. And I think we're going to talk all about responding to challenges, but I think that's the thing that before we go into this, I hope that people can see is that you can develop it in one area and it feeds other things. So, so agree, Dave. And the thing is, imagine that you have the potential and you, you don't even know you have the potential, but because I'll, I, I don't want to use the word you, cause it's like the pejorative here. I, a person has potential and they never try the new thing because they're a f- their their fear of not being validated by someone else uh-huh. and like that struggle and they're going to fail. So they never, never actually try. do the thing yeah. that they are fully capable of doing. And, and I'll just give you an example for me. So as I've aged, you know, I'm, I'm past middle age now, as I've aged, I got a lot weaker and I, I, we own a farm and I got tired of having to wait until my husband came inside to like open a jar or do something. I just got tired of it. Okay. So like five years ago, I started CrossFit and I hired a coach and I started coaching and so much of, cause I've learned now all the Olympic lifts. And for those of you, wow. who don't know me, yeah, I'm a tiny little person. Yeah, Mary's not like a bulky. <laughs> no, no. And like, if any of you are watching the Olympics right now, like it's kind of amazing. And, you know, I have learned all the Olympic lifts now and I'm capable of doing them all. Not wow. only that, but at some phases, you know, I got really for one, well, one, this isn't actually Olympic lifting, but one goal that my instructor, my trainer had for me as a part of CrossFit was be able to do handstand pushups. Well, I don't know if any of you know what those are. You mean like Nicolas Cage in that movie where he's in prison and with his long hair and he just does that? Wow. Mm -hmm. That's badass. So, so let me share that 
you know, a few years ago, you know, I was not able to do that. And my coach kept telling me, you know, you can do this. And I kept saying, you have to understand, I, I, I total fixed mindset okay, yeah. about, about, in fact, about everything. He, if he was on this call, he would be laughing because he would say, you know, how often he would have to say, look at me, look at me, you can do this. <laughs> and so what he did is he taught me a trick, which is called a kipping push-up. So, so let me just be clear with all of you that, you know, I'm not doing a real handstand push-up, but I am, uh, you know, a lot able to do the kipping. Well, the cool part of it is changing my mindset to actually saying to myself, okay, I'm going to be rewarded for trying rather than succeeding. Bottom line is it, it, it massively transformed my ability and my fitness level to the point where there's so many things I can do now that I never thought was possible. But imagine if I had stayed in that fixed mode you know, it, it was life-changing for me. Now I can open my own jars. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things I can do now that I yeah. wasn't able to do before. I think that that, that's a really big deal. And there's something that you, you said you're going to reward yourself for trying to me, that reframing is a really big part of it. Like exactly to say, I might suck at this, especially like, I think about all the people I know that have been afraid of public speaking. Yeah. And for me, it was like, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and whatever. Totally. Uh, because the only way this, I always feel like I come back to this quote over and over again. There's this horrible movie called Knock Around Guys with Vin Diesel. And there's a scene in it where he says 500. And the guy's like, what is like 500 fights? Then you can consider yourself a tough guy. And he talks about how like along the way, you just get your, your butt whooped like all over the road. And yeah. then you realize it's not about being a tough guy. And then you can actually fight. Exactly. But it's the it's learning. Yeah. And it's how, what you said makes me remember being, you know, at bats, how many times are you willing to go and be at bat, you know, actually swing the bat at the ball? Like yeah. you, you need more at bats in order to succeed. And probably my favorite, what you were just saying, this came up to me. One of the things in her book that she talks about is in any situation, imagine that you apply it to, and it's funny, you probably, you know, you'll laugh at this is to deciding to learn a new language. She uses this example that just imagine that you're doing this. So you want to learn a new language. You sign up for a class, a few sessions into the course, the instructor calls you, Dave, prior in the front of the room and starts throwing questions at you one after the other. And in the book, she pulls this whole story out and she says, so there's two ways you can approach this. First, put yourself in a fixed mindset. Your ability is on the line. Can you feel everyone's eyes on you? Can you see the instructor's face evaluating you? Feel the tension. You know, all of the pressure around fixed mindset is this, this whole mindset around, you know, validation from others. Then she says, flip that switch and say, you're up there in front of the room, but you now have a growth mindset. And you say to yourself, you're a novice. That's why you're here. You're here to learn. The teacher and the other, your other peers are resources for learning. Feel the tension leave you. The message is you can change your mindset by how you view the situation that you're in. Is it going to help you learn or is it going to put you down? And it's your choice to embrace that you get to choose. I think that's awesome. And I think that choose part is important because there's certain things you're going to choose to go through that for and other things you might choose like that's not valuable enough for me exactly and i think that's okay too 
Yeah. And Dave, back to your story you just told about the 500. Imagine. No, but imagine. It all comes back to Vin Diesel. It does. Right? Vin, it's yeah. all about Vin Diesel. We all, you got to love it, right? You got to. Basically, how many times are you willing, 500 times, to stand up there and to get flip that mindset? Yeah. yeah. And, and challenge yourself. And so I think my own personal transformation, I mean, a lot of it comes with age too. You know, you start worrying less about a lot of things. You just don't care anymore. Well, yeah, because you've (laughs) fallen so much. You've been, you've been through so much, you know, and the cool thing for me, Dave, is probably the most powerful moments and the most, I don't know, deeply meaningful, the things I treasure and carry with me are the times when I allowed myself to have total vulnerability Yeah, where I, you know, I, there used to be a whole new term when I would say I took off my mask and, you know, now with COVID you say it and it's like, oh my God, don't take off your mask. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but imagine this was pre-COVID and we walk around with the corporate mask on. Yeah. I want to look perfect and speak perfect and have all the answers, whatever it might be. I want to be the smartest or whatever it might be. I can tell you for me, I realized my greatest advocate is the truth about myself. Yeah. And the more I'm vulnerable and real, the more people will open up and tell me the things I need to hear so I can be stronger and better and more impactful, more capable. What a gift that is. It's like feedback is the breakfast of champions. And so I, my prior life, my company, we were embarking on a leadership growth journey and we hired this firm to come in and we, it was a program they called executive presence. We changed the term to leadership impact because we didn't really like the concept of executives because it felt so, I don't know, oh, wow. hierarchical. We, okay. we liked it. It was just anyway, it was like we wanted the idea more of people being equal and like a level flat organization. And so we didn't really love the term executive. And then yeah. we also, we liked active words, at least I did. I like active words, not, not passive words like presence. I liked words like impact. So we changed the name of the program to Leadership Impact. The reason I'm telling you all the story is this company, you spend two days and full vulnerability, you learn three key strategies with 12 tools to transform the way you live out the power and potential that's within you. And you learn how to leverage that and influence and connect in different ways but it requires total vulnerability. And as the chief learning officer, I had a choice to either show up and act like I knew it all or to completely show up raw and vulnerable and put myself at the bottom and literally allow myself to be, you know, completely reframed, if you will. And it was beyond game-changing for me. All of my relationships changed with my father, my husband, my, my kids. I ended up, I met the president of a university. And interestingly enough, they ended up inviting me within a few months to give the keynote. Like I was the graduation. So I got my honorary doctorate and I can just tell you right now, had I not gone through that program, I would never have opened myself to the truth of what's possible and realign how I face setbacks because gosh, life is full of setbacks, Dave. I mean, look around. Life is full of challenges and how we handle those obstacles can completely transform the output that we put. Like it isn't what happens to us. It isn't the event. It's our response to the event that really creates success. Yeah. I think all that's really great. I, when, you know, you brought up um, 
think it was something sports related before, but it got me thinking about sports, which I can't talk about usually, but <laughs> I did look yeah, this I up. Yeah. Um, you said going up to the plate to hit. And, and this, this is a thing that I think about all the time. Every time somebody who's a professional baseball player goes up to that plate, it's not that single moment. It's every single time they've ever gone up to the plate. And so the thing I was looking up was like, okay, every time Bryce Harper, cause I'm a Phillies fan walks up to the plate. It's, it's every single time since he was a kid and he first picked up a bat. And yeah, I mean, I just looked up his stats. He struck out 1137 times <laughs> in, in his professional career. So on TV, he struck out 1137 times. So there's failure that comes with this. Oh my God. Can you but imagine? If you, if we ranked ourselves, okay, and we right? knew, I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I think every time you're in that situation, if for me, it helps to think, okay, I don't, this, this isn't like the defining moment. Yeah. This is one more try towards a defining moment. Right. And everything that got me here is what prepared me for where I am right now. Yeah. Um, and they're those little, I guess. I found that with the book overall, a lot of this stuff is about reframing and setting little cues and triggers for yourself to just yeah. see things slightly differently. Absolutely. You know, and it's starting small for me, it had to, so we think, so we're here talking about obstacles and they're everywhere. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're, they're, and, and sometimes I know for me, I look in the mirror and I am my biggest obstacle. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> It isn't even anything else. It's just all the stuff that's in my head. head game. Yeah. Oh my God. I realized that I needed to frame myself in two areas that helped me deal with obstacles. And I'll just tell you what they are. The first was commitment. And it was a without fail, no way, no how, nothing will I ever not do whatever the thing is. And an example, and you know, you, we all read tons of books. One, the book, whichever book it is that says, make your bed every day. I can't remember which one it was. I'm sure well, you know that book. I've definitely never read that book. I it never was, make my bed. It was a guy in the Navy <laughs> that says, you know, you have to, you know, they have these, you know, I think the Navy guy, you know, they have to make their bed every day in the military. Okay. So it got me to thinking, you know, so when COVID started and I, we were all stuck at home, Yeah. I made a commitment to myself. I will make my bed every single day without fail. I didn't say what time of the day I would make it, but I said, I will make it every day before I okay. get in. As an example, and what I said to myself is, this is my deal that I will get through and any obstacle I face, because when you're committed to doing something and you without fail, do it all the time, you will begin applying that same level of commitment to the next goal. Right. So this is a little goal, but the yeah. next goal. So the challenge really for all of us that's you know within our listening audience here is, is there something that you know you want? And yet it may be the too big for you right now. Start with something small that you can prove to yourself and through practice, trial and error that you can then add on the new thing. So that was my one, the one thing for me was commitment and without fail, do it. And I am proud to say that I did this all through all like whatever this last year and a half, I've never failed in that. The second thing is delayed gratification mm -hmm. and practicing delayed gratification. Because if you think of challenge, you know, it's the thing that you want to be gratified and you bump into a challenge and you maybe it stops you and so you don't get the gratification and so you think you failed so you stop if you embrace delayed gratification 
you change the behavior around how you engage challenge because you realize it's worth it. It's worth the wait. It's worth the try. So for me, those two things many years ago reframed where I was, where I was going, and now where I am. Yeah. I think there's a thing I sort of want to challenge about delayed gratification. I think you can you can also shift the gratification so that the gratification, it's like meditating is not, it's not fun for anyone. I mean, it's, no. but, 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 but you, there's a benefit it. from it. Right. You say to yourself, my gosh, I could be going and getting this done right now. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm going to stare at the wall and let my brain go crazy. Um, but the act of doing the thing, at least for me, becomes the gratification itself. Like mm-hmm. if I'm, if I go run and it's like 95 degrees and it's hot and I'm tired, like, I don't really want to run, but I enjoy doing a thing that I know will help me become better at something else. And I think it's an investment you're making in yourself. It is. And it's, it's renewing. It's almost like you can't drive a car if there's no gas in the car. So whatever you need to do to refuel yourself so that you, you have the power, the energy, the creativity, whatever it might be, you know, even the energy to be, to be, to fulfill the commitment, right? You have to renew yourself, but only, you know, what that's going to take and only you can make it happen for yourself. So I want to ask you a question now about this obstacles. Um, what advice you would give somebody? I run into a lot of people in class who work in organizations that are more traditional than agile. And I hear the phrase, no, you don't understand. They're making me do this. I have to do this. And, and I just want to like shake them be like, no, dude, <laughs> you don't actually, there's lots of jobs. Um, but when people are in that, if you hear somebody say that, like, I have to do this or making me do this, yeah. what, what would you say to that person? Like, what, regardless of whether it's work or not, like, how would you help them see life? For me, yeah. it would start with a deep, very simple question. What do you care about? Okay. I would start with that question. What, what matters to you? Because if you, if you start getting to the heart of what really motivates their purpose, whatever it might be, I believe that the road to success has to start with connecting to your why. To me, anything is possible because they can reframe their mindset and it gives them freedom in making the decision of whether they're going to stay and reframe and get on the bus and go on the agile journey, or they're going to say, you know what? I'm honest enough with myself to realize this isn't for me. It's time for me to move on to something else. It has to start with what they care about. And the and next choice. Thing, and cho- yeah, and it's their choice. Yeah. And because they do get to choose, they don't have to do anything like what you just said. We laugh at that because we both, you and I both know that 100% it is a choice. No one has to do anything, right? They don't. They have to breathe. Yes. Breathe and pay their taxes or drink you know. water. Yes. Right. <laughs> but they don't have to. But it's about if you can connect to a person's why and their purpose, it is so simple for me and you and any of us to align that with the future of where the company can go. Because we've seen, you and I have been around the block a time or two. We know this works. 
Yeah. We know we've seen it time and time again. And that in the complete exhilaration that comes with seeing the potential inside teams and companies to bring a, a potentially life-saving solution to market, a product, service, whatever, that's literally going to change the world. We've seen it. You and I both right. have seen this. To me, that can a person's why can connect to that all day long. You just have to find the, the golden thread to get them there. Yeah. So to me, it starts with that. And the second thing I do is I have a deep conversation around challenging the person to ask themselves why they do what they do. Sounds silly or simple, but when you get to the core of a person just says to you, you know, they're making me do this. Right. When you reframe it to get them to care about what matters to them, and then you ask them, why do you do the things you do? You can get to this core, which is every person's behavior. Even, even our conversation right now, Dave, you and I taking the time to do this podcast. Yeah. Our behavior is motivated in Mary Kaufman's humble opinion on one of two things. One, it's either motivated out of fear or motivated out of trust. Huh. Mary's view. Okay. Just, you know, and yeah. again, I read all the time. I have no clue. I picked this up somewhere or someone told me this, but I so latched onto it because if you ask yourself why you do the things you do, and throughout a day, you you let, let's say you engage in a meeting and you either choose to shut down in that meeting and not contribute, or you talk the whole meeting and don't let anybody else talk. At the end of that meeting, if you ask yourself, why did I do the things I do? Why did I do that? You will find out something very interesting about your motivation, that you either did all the talking because you don't like silence. And so you had this fear. <laughs> that up, yeah. Right. Or let's say you wisely contributed in that meeting. Let's say, let's say you challenged, you were the only voice that spoke up against something that needed to be taken care of. And you were the lone, right? You were yeah. alone. There. But you overcame your fear because you had trust that you knew the right thing you were doing for the right reasons. And it ended up with a, you know, in the long run, it's a great result. Our behaviors will reframe that that motivation of our behavior reframes our ability to live out a growth mindset and embrace challenges. So that's how, those are my advices. Number one, ask them, get to know the purpose of their why. And two, get them to ask why you do the things you do and understand the behavior motivation between fear or trust. That's awesome. I, when you were talking about it, there, it seems to me like there's a sort of a parallel almost into Christopher Avery's responsibility process stuff. Like oh, you, you have a choice, you have to own the choice. Yeah. Um, now let's say, I just want to add this thing to what you said. If I am the person who nervously talked the entire meeting and I walk out, I mean, we all have, I'm assuming that I'm not the only person on the planet that has days and moments where I'm like, Oh, I suck. Why am I such an idiot? Why did I do that again? Because we acted before we thought. And I, we, I can't tell you how many times yeah. I've <laughs> right. left a meeting and I think, why didn't I just shut up? Yeah. Why, right. What, what is wrong with me? Like I, I'm telling you, Dave, totally. Uh, I get it. I'm right yeah. there. But that, that moment's gone. I, I just had a thing like this the other day. I'm like, okay, that was, not the me that I want to be, not the, the person who showed up there was not the version of me that I want to show up for things, but I get another chance. Oh. And I think, I think that is part of the, the obstacle too, is 
even if you fail, it's just one way to not make the light bulb. You get a chance again tomorrow. And guess what? You get a chance to go back. Even if you needed to, you can go back to the people in the meeting. You know, I've picked up the phone and called at times when things went wrong and I didn't show up the way I wanted to, or, or I completely screwed up and I just own up to it. Yeah. That vulnerability is so powerful. And, and the other piece of advice I would have you asked about advice is yeah. have an accountability partner, mm. someone who cares about you, that you can share exactly what you know you want, who cares enough about you to hold you accountable. And that is a powerful thing. It, it can help you in, in so many ways. And I know I'm sure you have a ton of friends that you know are that way with you, Dave, but I do yeah. too. People who, who know what my hopes and dreams are and they call me out. And sometimes it's painful, but man, it's powerful. Yeah. I, I always say you either need somebody who cares about you a lot, cares about you enough to be honest with you, or somebody who doesn't care about you at all. And they'll just be brutally honest with you because that's just who they are. Yeah. <laughs> one, one or the other. Um, yep. There's one thing I wanted to also mention is that there's stuff that like, you know, I, I made it said a couple of times, like I'm not good at languages. My actual opinion is I could be good at languages if I was willing to put forth the effort, yeah. but I make a conscious choice to put that effort into other things. Just like if you're in a job, it's not that they're making you do something. You're choosing to show up. You're signing up every single day yeah. for something that gives you some benefit and you're giving something up for it. So I think That's right. owning that is a part of, part of the obstacle acceptance right. as well. Yeah. And it was interesting. The other day I had this thought that, you know, there's the strengths finder where you mm -hmm. take your assessment and they tell you what your top strengths are and you should focus on your strengths. I, I, I had this thought to challenge this idea and say to myself, imagine if I really embrace the thing that I don't like or hate or avoid all the time. Imagine that I embraced it and actually <laughs> forced myself to, to do the thing, embark on it. Yeah. What might happen? I don't know. I have to tell you, I literally had this epiphany that has... I'll tell you what happens. I do that. Do you really? A... Tell me, so tell me. I have a thing I've been doing on Sundays. I use personal Kanban to manage all the stuff that I do. And this thing that I've been experimenting with is on Sundays, I prioritize my work by the thing I want to do the least. I always do that first. So I look at my list and whatever thing I'm avoiding the most and like, oh, like I don't want to do the laundry. I do that first. Because mm -hmm. if I do that, then everything else I look forward to. And yeah. every time I get that one thing that I don't want to do out of the way, it's like the day gets lighter. Incredible. So it can be Incredible. a really powerful thing. Exactly. And here's the next level that I was challenging myself around that exact thing you just said is to ask yourself why you don't like to do. Yeah thing and really do i'm talking five wise i'm talking deep deep like well why is that well why is that well why is that what i have learned is there are some sources of truth to help me reframe whatever i believed about myself that was a lie and it unlocks my potential in the areas wow. of things that i love it's powerful That's pretty awesome yeah it, That's it is great it has been so game changing for me at how I embrace the way. Let's just go to this how I listen. Yeah. You know, imagine that you are given this world class, you know, award that you're the best listener. 
I think the best listeners are the winners. Because when people listen really well, you pick up, you're a noticer. You pick up so much more than all the other people around you. So you have all this wisdom that you've collected because you're not- You it. Yeah, you've got it all in your head. (laughs) But you are not, you're not just spewing all the stuff you already know because when you're listening, the wisdom you're collecting can- is like the lever and the fulcrum that can move mountains. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so powerful. So these are just the things that roll around in my head. I have so many of these insane things that always roll around my head. I I could give you three more, which I know we've got to stay focused on the task, but. Well, I want to yes end something you just said first. Um, so you just said the thing about, you know, pursuing the thing that you don't want to do and trying to figure out why. And it reminded me of something. I wish I had had that that part of it. Cause when I used to, I had a team that I managed when I, when I used to manage groups of people, um, the fastest way to get assigned anything was to say, you didn't want to do it. Like, cause that to me was like, Oh, you need to do that thing. Like if you don't want it, it's yours. That's right. But I didn't at the time occur to me that there should be a conversation first about, okay, let's talk about why you don't want to do that. Cause I think that that, that aspect of the question is also a big part of disarming the obstacle. Totally. And see, we have threads that connect to other things that will hold us back there too. Even if something that we might be really good at, yeah. if that thread is tied to still the thing that's in our mind, it's a blocker. What if you're only performing at half the level you could? I just think there's real power in it. And it's, it's just, it's kind of blowing my mind right now. I'm on this kick and I have some friends I called and challenged them too. And they just were like, Oh my God, I never thought of it that way. And I said, well, I think we need to get on this movement where we're all pushing each other to sit in that discomfort and learn from it because it's going to change and reshape all of our futures. I actually started this bravery group at the beginning of the year and invited- That sounds very Brene Brown of you. I, well, and it's funny because it had nothing to do with her book. Isn't that hysterical? Oh, wow. It was a different book. I saw, I was in TJ Maxx and I saw this um, this book that was called 52 lists toward bravery. Okay. And I instinctively bought seven of them and mailed them to six of my friends and basically arm wrestled them into joining this group. We meet regularly and we decided to brave our own future. And it's been incredible. We we journal and talk and meet on zoom and we talk about the things we're afraid of and, you know, where we succeed and fail. And I don't know, find people that you love, who love you, who go on a journey and you're going to change your life. Wow. I, I think we should stop. I do too. I think that's a really good, good positive ending. <laughs> um, all right. So if you've been listening, hopefully you found this valuable. I thought it was really valuable. I like, I like the fact that we can come in and talk about this stuff and like my brain gets stretched out. Yeah. Um, so I'm appreciative of you for making time for this and, and we've got more coming up. So we still have effort, criticism and success of others to go. So we'll have another one of those ready soon. If you have any questions or comments, please share them with us. Mary, how do they get in touch with you? They can reach me at mary.kaufman at leadingagile.com. We'll put it in the uh, list. Yep. Yep. And my my stuff will be in there too. Um, Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you, Dave, for giving this platform and to all of you out there who are seeking growth. Let's go on this journey together. 500. 500 what? 500 fights. That's the number I figured when I was a kid. 500 street fights and you can consider yourself a legitimate tough guy.
You need them for experience. To develop leather skin. So I got started. Of course, along the way, you stop thinking about being tough and all that. It stops being the point. Get past the silliness of it all. But then, after, you realize that's what you are. Look, I got no problem with you, all right? I'll tell you, you learn a lot of things on the way to 500. 